When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone and welcome to Oh What A Night, part of the Nightman Podcast Network on the pod today. Shawnee Walsh, Jude Summerfield, how are you both? Are you yeah, both good. clear? Are you all clear? Yes. Clear? Yes, yeah, clear, we're both yeah. totally clear. percent <laughs> maximal clear. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be any clearer. I mean, I asked that obviously, um, unless you've been living under a rock, which is the most ridiculous phrase ever. Um, because that's impossible. Um, no, that'd be nice right now. <laughs> well, unless you've been basically socially distanced from any news whatsoever, um, COVID cases obviously in the UK are, are going through the roof and football is looking more and more like it's going to come to a grinding halt at some point. When that is, we don't know just yet. Um, but Spurs now are getting on for, I think it's six months without a game. So, uh, <laughs> so it, we're we're actually at that point now where it's getting a little bit, it's getting a little bit sad, and we're all getting a bit of FOMO, aren't we, Sean? Yeah, I miss having a game to properly, properly care about. I mean, at how least many in... press conferences have you gone to now to talk about games that are <laughs> not going to happen? <laughs> it's if you well, if it's just Spurs, I reckon three or in fact four. If you count the Burnley game as well, and that. But then obviously we, I've been doing um, Brentford this season as well, and they've had a couple of games cancelled. And I've been to those, those presses, which have come to nothing. So it's just really weird. Like I went to Brentford Watford last Friday night, and that was a really good game of football in the end. Um, but it's just not. It's just different when it's not Spurs, and it's so annoying because we were just getting rolling under Conte. We got that kind of momentum going. And I came away from that Norwich game being really kind of optimistic about our top four chances. And I know it's something we're going to come on to, but um, now you kind of look at the table, you think, oh, the game's in hand. Yeah, it's fine. And then you've always got to win those games in hand and when we're going to play them, it's all this stuff about the fixtures and whatever. So, yeah, I'm, 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 overall, I'm just relieved that we're hopefully we're playing again on Sunday. There's this really weird joke, isn't there, Jude, that does the rounds on, on Twitter. After, when, let's just say at any point in the season, uh, like in, of any season gone by since the Pochettino era, that any time a game gets called off or any time something goes wrong, which means that you can't watch Spurs or if it's not on TV, there'll be some plucky sort of mouthy, like very kind of like two fingers up to the system person will be like, yeah, great that I can't watch it. It means Spurs can't upset me this weekend. <laughs> um, it's very highbrow, that. 
Yeah. I, it, it, goes, it sort of goes straight over my head. I don't really know what they're, where, where they're going. Um, yeah. But they, but now we've had what? When was the last game? Was on the fifth of December. So we're yeah. getting on for two weeks since we had a game. Even those people are now sitting there being like, "Well, come on, I want to watch some <laughs> bloody football." Yeah, we were just sort of getting a, a nice little feel-good factor to the club. Again, after two nice solid wins back to back, there's some lovely Conte content doing the rounds on the Twitter, and <laughs> everyone was sort of, yeah, oh, well, be careful with your words there, Sam. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Hmm. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I am, I know Spurs put us through a load of nonsense um, with regularity, but I am sort of missing it now. And bring back the nonsense. <laughs> yeah, bring back the nonsense. I thought you were going to say regular. I thought, like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, that would be a weird little tangent. Yeah. It, you know, you were saying that we were starting to get to enjoy it. What were we starting to get to enjoy? Just remind us, because I'm like, I mean, it was two weeks ago now, but it was really <laughs> nice, wasn't it? Win against Leeds, win against Brentford, win against Norwich. It was all kind of just simmering along, wasn't it? Yeah, we're starting to get to a bit more of a sort of a full throttle gear under Conte. There are obviously bits to be ironed out and the Norwich game was a, a good, good result, but it wasn't perfect at the same time. There are a few little iffy bits and they weren't always in control. But um, it was just nice to see how the how the system was working and, you know, how we were creating chances through wide spaces and not relying on any one or two particular players. It was... Um, yeah, it was, it was just a much more enjoyable experience to what had been served up in the earlier months. So it is annoying that that sort of momentum has been halted and they've got to go into a game if it goes ahead on Sunday against like arguably the best team in Europe right now or like one of the best teams in Liverpool. Yeah, with, so, with zero momentum, right? Yeah, and like I think Sean spoke about it being a, a good yardstick of our progress <laughs> after the Norwich game. So yeah. like I don't know how much are we yeah. going to have progressed since. Sean, Sean how did you see this coming, Sean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, and then we should just say as well, Conte spoke at his press conference today about how He's trying to. He's going to try and manage the minutes of the players that did have COVID, and that's just a whole kind of thing that everyone's going to, have to get used to in terms of um, the minutes they do get. So it's really unfortunate that we're going to be playing probably the fittest team in the world now. So the fittest one team that in the just world, presses you without, into submission. <laughs> hopefully, without Virgil Van Dyke. Yes, yes, that should without be the caveat. Van, Van Dyke and Fabinho out. That's two huge blows, and hopefully that's something we can take advantage of because as good as Liverpool are, those are two key players in those kind of core central defensive zones. We need to do something because I'm, I'm not convinced that... I was, watch, I was watching Liverpool against Newcastle the other day and I was not convinced that Matip and Canate as a pairing really worked. Like whenever, whenever Newcastle got forward, Newcastle reminded me a lot of Mourinho Spurs in that game, just kind of hoping Sam Maximal would do something. But he did have quite a bit of joy. Yeah. Until he got injured. It was kind of like, right, you go and take him on. And he'd just look up and there was like seven Mm. Liverpool defenders there. (laughs) Let's give it a crack. (laughs) What was strange though, Sean, was I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of defence. Because individually, I thought 
Canate and Matip had good games, but it wasn't a partnership, was it? Mm, yeah, it was like because Matip obviously has been so good this season, bringing the ball out from the back. Canate's come in, you know, he's been praised for you know the kind of recovery pace and stuff that he can bring. They just do look a bit ropey if you kind of get them isolated a lot, and hopefully it means you know. I think we've been living with a good memory of Lucas Moore for the last two weeks. So that's probably his longest streak since the Champions League final. Um, so if, if the Lucas that turns up against Norwich turns up against Liverpool and Son's firing and Kane can at least provide the bit of what we know he can rather than what he has for the first half of the season, then maybe we have a chance of really kind of breaking them down. We have seen, Jude, in terms of those three games that we did win before we've had this kind of extended period without a game, we did see for all of Harry Kane's flaws in front of goal, for the, the, the he's been unfortunately very wasteful in, in the last three games. But for all of those flaws, he's been the guy that's actually teed up the attacks that have led to goals, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean he was still it, the Norwich game in particular, I thought he was I thought he was good in that game. And uh on another day, like he would have he would have scored a couple, if not for a decent like handful of saves by Cruel. But um, he was, st- I don't think it was dropping deep as much as like he was last season, which was a bit sort of that was bordering on ridiculous, even if it was amazing at times. Um, but he was still creating chances. Um, and even if he didn't get his, 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 his goals, he was, he was still in like the thick of the action. He was still performing well. It's just like getting that, getting that, what's the phrase? The, it's not a duck off the back, is it? It's something else. <laughs> A monkey, off your back. a monkey off your back, yeah. <laughs> just that's the one. Any animal. <laughs> make it more festive. Get that turkey off your yeah, back. <laughs> just get that get that elephant off your get back. Get that three-bird um... roast off your back. <laughs> <laughs> Crammed full of stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd, it'd be nice if he could just sort of pick out maybe Canate, who hasn't actually... I don't think he's played that much this season. Just say, right, let's, let's have a good battle. Because I don't think he's... When he's gone up against Van Dyke, it's sort of been a bit one-sided in recent years because Van Dyke has been the best defender in the world for 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 the last few years now. So hopefully the, it's a tussle he can he can win. The exception to that was um when we played at Anfield and we went one nil up with inside within like five minutes. And it was uh, because yeah, someone yeah. I think Ericsson maybe had hit the post, it bounced back, Kane got a header and it mm. really felt like this is such a niche reference, but you know when you're watching cricket with an Australian commentator and they're like, got him! Sort of like, <laughs> it proper felt like he's got one over on Van Dyke. And then we, and then he spent the rest of the game just being completely snuffed out and doing very, very little. And it's kind of like, on those games, you start to realise, God, Van Dyke is annoyingly good, but unerringly, consistently good defensively. Never really gets beaten on one-on-ones never really looks that uncomfortable. And I suppose the other Van Dyke memory that comes to mind straight away is that that Sissoko moment as he charged through. And oh, Van no, Dyke Sissoko. Yeah, oh, Van Dyke just sort of standing there being like, well, I'm going to let you shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of back off and back off and back off and back off. Um, just in terms of the the sort of the nature of this game, though, I suppose we should talk, Sean, about the fact that there'll be 62,000 people potentially in the stadium. We talked a little bit about the Liverpool-Newcastle game. It looked to me like there wasn't a spare seat in the house. Hmm. 
I was flicking back and forth between that and the Chelsea game, and there seemed to be a few more um, seats empty at Stamford Bridge. So I'm wondering right. if it's slowly filtering in. There's, I guess uh, with Liverpool, you know, Klopp's gone on this big kind of crusade, like in favour of the vaccine and the boosters. So maybe you know what Liverpool's like as a city. So maybe sick of you anti-vaxxer like yeah. you. <laughs> please yeah. do you please edit it out <laughs> no that's that's good to say that's, that's very juicy content God's sake. Uh, I'm getting boosted tomorrow by the way when are you getting your little your extra little look, Jude, do you want to tell your story <laughs> I queued up for an hour and a half this morning because I was like yeah it'll be, it'll be a great shout to just to just get it done and go down there nice and early but it turns out about, you know, 200,000 of the Brighton population decided that it was also a good idea and would do exactly the same thing at the one pop-up clinic that there is in Brighton right now. <laughs> you, you didn't even want the vaccine. You just went for the PR. We did have a few people pop by and be like, they're making mugs out of you. And I was like, you're a snowflake, <laughs> mate. Fuck off. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, with, with all this in mind, I mean, Jürgen Klopp has been, to be fair to him, he's one of the, one of the few that's really put his head mm. above the parapet, hasn't he? He's kind of stuck his neck out and said, that I'm, I don't know best, but I'm listening to people that do. Um, yeah. And it, it, it looks like Anfield was rammed. It, I, I imagine Spurs will, as far as we can see, Spurs will be quite full on the weekend. Mm. For you, Sean, just on a personal level, how do you feel about the idea of attending games? How do you feel about the idea of behind closed doors? And finally, sorry to chuck three at you at once, but <laughs> do you think we should be looking at some sort of Premier League circuit break? Um, we'll try to take it one by one. Um, I'm hoping that because it's an outdoor arena, that the effects of transmitting COVID won't be as bad. And I, I don't think it should get to the point where we have to go completely behind closed doors again, because that completely ruins what sport is about. And we really saw that last year. And you look at the difference between the football last year and this year, that's like just the stark difference that fans can kind of make. So I think I'm hoping that the kind of maximum restriction on that is reduced capacity with more social distancing. I don't want fans to be kind of taken out completely. Me personally, for this Sunday, I'm working on the game. So usually the like the Spurs media bit is open three hours before kickoff. And I've been there a couple of times before, just kind of sat in there, done some work, whatever. I do think this time, in order to kind of minimise my time indoors, I'll arrive as late as possible, go straight to my seat, do more work in the open, go out, leave. I'll probably, I probably won't get like kind of like the overbound train from White Hart Lane. I'll probably walk down to Seven Sisters hopefully when things have died down a bit. And I was in favour of the circuit breaker, probably at this point yesterday, because it just seemed like an obvious thing, but I have read some, I think the Athletic did a good piece in it about um, a circuit breaker might not even be enough to really kind of halt it. And in fairness, a couple of managers have come out since last night and said, if you're able to play the games, then play through them, because if you're fit and able to do it, then we, should, then we need to do it and get through it. What do you reckon, Jude? Mm, I'm not sure. I just, I just want health to be at, at the very forefront, and you know, it's, it's, it's hard to really be like, yeah, we need to continue playing games wherever safe, which is what I think the Premier League said. 
when you've got games being postponed, like left, right, and centre, like at a, quite an astonishing rate, really. Um, and especially during a time where we know in the winter, we know that, you know, this virus is more transmissible. We've obviously got a more dangerous variant. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think above all else, I just, I would just like a bit more leadership from those governing bodies to just be like, right, well, we're putting these things into place. And I know that they have done that to a degree, but they've left some of the statements ridiculously late. I mean, last week was it Sean like I, I was on the late shift and then like I think it was one minute past 12 the statement came from Man United saying that their yeah, game yeah that yeah. their game has been called off so it was I guess it was one past well you know zero zero colon one on the Tuesday um technically not be... my shift anymore yeah so. <laughs> well, <it's> just... <laughs> that's why it's I... like a you problem not a me problem. Oh, I really did yeah <laughs> Hey, you came on and helped publish it, mate. You know, you were the... <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, I'd, I'd like a bit more consideration for fans who are... Because we had the, even with like the burn on that Burnley game the other week when I know that wasn't COVID, but you had a fan <laughs> who travelled around the world like 2,000 miles or something like that and couldn't go. Um, and there, there'll probably be countless other examples of that oh, sort of man. thing happening at the moment, especially at Christmas. You know, they probably weren't, well hopefully they weren't going for Burnley Watford because you know obvious um <laughs> but yeah just just greater greater leadership somebody it seems to be a bit of a faceless organization at the moment the Premier League so it'd be nice Doesn't if there it, was yeah. so Doesn't it'd be nice it, yeah. if yeah if we could just have a bit more of a clear line of communication to see what was Do, going on uh, I, I totally agree um and and I, I think just looking at Obviously, we won't do politics because we'll all just Let's sit here and get very upset. <laughs> uh, we'll all just sit and all three of us just say, oh, another thing. <laughs> Gets through to about midnight and we're like, how are we going to put out a 12-hour pod? Um, but it, just because one set of elected officials can't seem to show any leadership whatsoever it doesn't mean that you're bound by the parameters that they set there's an opportunity i think for the premier league to kind of really step up and provide massive clarity around what they think is the best way to go forward and if the government then move the goalpost the government move the goalpost but in the meantime it'd be really really helpful if if football fans on the whole but maybe they have a, a really good line into the clubs and the clubs are really, really clear on what's going on. But I, I don't necessarily, just watching press conferences, I don't feel like there's a hymn sheet that all of the managers in the league are singing off. And I don't feel like there's a, a line of communication that seems to be conveyed to the fans that everyone can just follow in an instant and completely understand. I mean, I saw people tweeting yesterday around the Liverpool game go to the game, this could be your last chance to go sort of thing. And I'm like, it's that sort of attitude that's, that's actually quite worrying. I mean, fair enough. People need football, right? People need football for mm. their own mental health. And mental health is every bit as important at this time as physical health and at all times, but particularly at the moment. But at the same time, it's that desperation to go to the football that actually leads to poor decision-making. You know, because if people are a little bit panicked that perhaps they might be health-wise not quite right, but they're like, it'll be fine. That's the sort of thing that causes mass spreading events. And you only have to look back at Liverpool Atletico Madrid. 
That's why I found it so strange. Oh, God. Newcastle yeah. game. We're looking back at Liverpool Atletico Madrid and we pushed for that to go ahead and made sure that it got on. Same with Cheltenham races. And it does feel like we're almost sleepwalking into very, very similar situations and kind of essentially playing roulette with this variant of, of the virus saying, yeah, well, it sounds like it's not as bad, but it, that just doesn't wash. It's got nothing to do with the fact that, it, that the symptoms could be less damaging for the long term or the short term. So there, the, the main thing for me, there needs to be a sense of leadership and a sense of clarity from the Premier League around what they are attempting to do. And it feels like at the moment, not I don't want to sort of put anyone's name to this or, 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 or suggest that this is anyone has claimed this at the Premier League, but it definitely, definitely feels like the philosophy guiding them at the moment is just crack through as much of this mm. as we can. Like try and steamroll through as much of this as we can before we eventually get shut down. Mm. But it's, it's, where, it's when they say where safely possible. I mean, how, how can anything at the moment when COVID cases are at the highest since what May, well, the latest round of testing was that they had the highest amount of positive tests since May. Ever, ever. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which since like start of pandemic, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really understand the the phrase uh, "where safely possible" because I don't think anywhere is particularly safe from COVID at the moment. It's a transmissible illness, and anyone can catch it anytime. So yeah, but you know, I don't want to be a snowflake about it. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it almost it's almost begging someone to say, just man up. Yeah, keep <laughs> politics out of oh what a night. <laughs> 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 oh, brilliant. But I will just say on that, there's been uh, 93,000 cases of COVID today, which is the highest on record for the UK. And it's consistently going up. And there is a two to three week lag time. So I'm far be it from me to tell anyone whether to go to the football or not, because I'm going on uh, on Sunday in a working capacity. Sean will be there in a working capacity as well. But I think Chris Whitty kind of got it pretty spot on when he said, basically, you've got to prioritise. If you catch COVID now, it means Christmas is off. And I absolutely hate the idea of, of losing another Christmas. I don't know about you guys. Um, right. Just before we move on to sort of talk about the nature of how many games you've got in hand and what's going to happen there. Jude, you can beautifully segue this for me. You lucky sausage. You had a natter with Michael Dawson. I know. I was in awe of the man. What it was a ridiculous. Man. What a what an absolutely fabulous fella. Um, some some guys from Matchfit got in in touch with uh, Chris Dealey, who then laid it back to me and was like, "Do you want to chat with Michael Dawson?" I was like, "Hell yeah, I want to chat to Michael Dawson. Let's do it." That, um, that could that question could be asked at any time of any day, and the answer would always be like, "Yeah, 100%. yeah." He was brilliant. He he had like a smile on his face throughout the whole uh, chat. We uh, we mainly talked about championship and the uh the competitiveness of that league he obviously played for nottingham forest and for hull um but we managed to get a little bit of time on uh on spurs as well antonio conte and i tried to get him to pick a combined 11 this was sean's idea of uh <laughs> of players he played with and the current team Ooh, and uh, nice. yeah i think he feels i threw him under the bus a little bit with it, but <laughs> saying, like uh, <laughs> i've been prepared for this but but yeah yeah well, let's have a listen been a bit of a hectic start to the season so far uh what have you made of them so far specifically their last month or their first month under antonio conte a lot better 
a lot better. I mean, it take it takes time. The getting used to his his work uh, strategies, the intensity of training, which any player ha- has to do. They all have different different ways of training, getting your points across. And I think that's something that they all came out and, and made clear is the intensity of training, which is which doesn't surprise me. Demands, but I think it's great. I think it's great for that group of players that needed it. They needed pressure put put on them because you'd get it playing for for that football club. And they've inc- done incredible in his what, four or five games, not lost a game. Mora was a disaster in the Europa Conference League. But from then, beating Norwich last time, it was disappointing. Obviously, lost the Burnley game through snow and Brighton with COVID at the weekend. So, they put themselves in, the, in a good position, seventh with, with two games in hand. And I said at the start of the season, the rain would be to be in the top four. To win the title was was out of their reach after the season they had last year. I thought I thought last season probably falls with COVID, no fans there. It's completely different football, and that was it, me still being a player there. Um, but I think positive signs the way he plays, getting used to the, the new formations. But sometimes personnel are, are fit for the way you, your manager set up, and I would say that about Ben Davis, Ryan Sesson Young, obviously getting the opportunity in. in Gets more and then getting sent off, but these kind of players and they will get an opportunity. I, I think Ben has come from nowhere, was wasn't even playing um, under the two previous managers, but now he's playing left of a three and and, and looking good. Yeah, and there's some players who were probably little more than squad players before under the past few matches. Are, are there some players there that you're expecting to see more from, like the players like Ryan Tess and John and Ben Davis? Yeah, I think, well, Ben Davis will play because he's a left centre-half and, and I think it makes a difference if you play with a three at the back. I think you need to be able to use your left foot in that side very well. You distribute, he overlaps. He made he got an assist for the goal against Norwich. I think Ryan Session-Young, for me, is, is a play. We saw him at Fulham. We haven't seen the best of him at Spurs, but I think, is he a left-back? Is he a left midfielder? No, I think he's a left wing-back and I think he could be... He could be good. He didn't start well when he got sent up, sent off, unfortunately. But he will get other opportunities when, when he came on um, for, for, for Regulon, who got injured. So he will. He, he is next in line if Regulon doesn't play. Suspension injuries, amount of games that, that come up. We're in a pandemic where COVID can strike at any moment in time. So players have to be ready. And, and he's one that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing because his first career hasn't really got started yet. Um, what I thought we could do um, is have a little bit of fun uh, with a combined eleven of um, players you played with at Spurs and the okay. current the current mob. Um, okay. So I don't know what formations you want to go. With. <laughs> well, I wasn't ready for I wasn't ready for this one, dude. I told you. <laughs> We're just going to throw a load of your old teammates under the bus. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> I think Hugo Hugo would be in goal anyway. He's he's still. Uh, the captain and I played with Hugo in, in, incredible I think Kyle Walker you could play uh, I'd go for uh, four, four, one, one. yourself so, surely uh, yeah, no nah, I wouldn't put myself I wouldn't put myself <laughs> in I put Ledley in uh, <laughs> I think Kyle Walker uh, right right back I think he's an incredible player and what he's gone on to achieve yeah Ledley King amazing I think Toby Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen great great players for, for, for the club um, especially Jan Jan was there a long time and I played with Jan you can talk about midfield Modric Lennon on the right Bale on the left you've got to yeah, go Harry Kane doesn't it yeah Harry, 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 Harry Kane I played with as well so I've got to put him in uh, 
Sonny in the 10. You've given me an incredible no chance. You've, yeah, you've got to get like Christian Eriksen. I've uh, got to get Eriksen. I've got to get Huddleston. <laughs> Berbatov, Keane, Defoe, <laughs> uh, Van der Vaart, uh, Modric. I, w- I was honoured. I was really was to have this crop of players. Um, and I probably needed a, a lot more time to write it down. I wasn't prepared for this. It was. <laughs> I, I was honoured when I re- when I left that club um, to play with the like of Luca and Gareth. And Gareth for me, the best what he went on to achieve. Um, you know, when he came back, we didn't we didn't see what he he had in his first spell round. But as a Real Madrid and, and Luca still going now, for the calibre of club Real Madrid are incredible pros uh, very very lucky to say I've captained the pair of them and, and say played played on the same pitch on many occasions and, and dug me out of a hole on many occasions as well magic stuff and I mean like, he, the, the, the thing with Michael Dawson you can go into an ambassador role at a club right there's players for years have done this now 30 40 years since this first became a thing where ambassadors go and do the after dinner piece and they do match days and they also go and do club events and partner days and things like that and there's two ways of doing it you can be one of these people that just kind of like turns up and sort of waves a bit runs off some stories and then heads home or you can be someone that genuinely engages and really sort of knows and understands what it means to people to get to meet one of those players that they watched those those players that go out there and are on the pitch at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, they're the 0.001%. The rest of us no-hopers will never know what it feels like. And I don't know about you, Jude, but I, every time I speak to Michael Dawson, I get the impression that he totally gets why everyone is so excited to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's completely true. I mean, like, as soon as he popped up on the screen, I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great fun. He, had, he just seemed, he just genuinely seemed like properly, like cheerful and happy about it. You know, he probably had like a line, a line of interviews lined up throughout that day and was still just like, yeah, 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 let's, let's have a chat. You know, this is, this is great. So it was, um, he was, he's a very infectious oh, um, personality. Which is, <laughs> How many yeah, of these lovely. can we squeeze into the conversation now? <laughs> Just looking for synonyms for infection. And I'll see if we can squeeze in some more before the end. Yeah, jab them in. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. Oh, my God. Absolutely superb. Um, so, three games in hand um, for Spurs. Well, it will be, we'll be on 14 games going into the Liverpool game. Um, let's just run through the table. So, before we play Liverpool, Arsenal sit in fourth. 17 played on 29 points. West Ham, 5th, 17 played 28. United, 6th, 16 played on 27 points, but their game is called off this weekend. Spurs in 7th, three games in hand, 25 points. I've got three games in hand on Wolves who are in 8th and are a point behind. I always, as a fan, look at games in hand and I'm like, oh, well, there you go. That's three wins. Um Another job well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that simple, I know. But the games that we have got in hand, it's not like it's Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Um, so what do you make of this, Sean? Is this a bad position to be in or a good position to be in? I'm always the kind of firm believer I'd rather have points on the board. But I, there's just so many factors with this and that. 
um, I think the, th- the thing is that these are three away games. If we're talking about the Premier League ones, yeah. Yes, sir. So maybe a little bit tougher, but who knows? By the time we come out to play, we might, you know, we might be one of those weird teams that under Conte, he might, he might just prefer playing away from home. So you, you don't know what that's kind of going to factor into. You're right. The in terms of that, the general position, these are three, well, two mid-table teams and one that's fighting relegation. So you would think that we should be able to do it. Um, oh, it's 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 so weak. It's not like one game in hand. Like you know, do you remember the start of the 11-12 season when we had our first game suspended because of the Tottenham riots, and then for pretty much I think like it was a long time, like two thirds of the season, we were a game behind everyone else because we couldn't fit time in to play that game, and then it was just weird, like kind of calculating the whole way. But now this is like three. There's like you look at non-league tables and teams have three games in hand, like the teams above them. It's really weird to kind of. Digest. Do you think if we'd if we'd managed to get the game away against Burnley, say we'd won the game against Burnley, hmm. that it would be and we'd managed to win that game, we'd be in a slightly different position. Given that, annoyingly, Arsenal are now four points ahead of us. So yeah, it's, and, it, and Arsenal play tomorrow before us, so we'll we could be seven points behind them by the time we play, but with four games in hand, and that's you start trying to God, do like the maths in your head, like what points do you need and what games or whatever yeah it's really annoying to think about but Big I guess it's turning up couldn't we could, could do with that I'm not banking on it though they look very bad attention parents and students we have an incredible exclusive offer from our friends at ProPrep this is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science technology engineering or maths related modules it can halve your study time ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. It has already helped over 500,000 students to pass their exams. They provide customised STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions so you'll be ready. You can even submit questions to the ProPrep professors and receive a video answer within 24 hours. ProPrep created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, proprep.uk forward slash info forward slash football for more information. And our listeners can sign up for a free 30-day trial now. No credit card information required. That's P-R-O-P-R-E-P dot uk forward slash info forward slash football pro prep the ultimate study tool yeah what about you jude so if i offered you five points or three games in hand what would you take i think i'd take the games in hand really because five points that's a that's a win and two draws isn't it that would put us fourth put us fourth but I think there's I think they could get I think they could get seven from those three games I honestly do like Burnley are really scrapping for their lives down there I've only won like one league game all season um Brighton we could give them about 30 chances and they may would maybe score one like Neil Morpé just loves putting into Rosette the amount of Brighton games I've covered and I've come away being like they played really well and yet they didn't win because they didn't cover their they didn't take their chances it's ridiculous um, and then Leicester, that would be the one where you'd think they might show up, they might 
they might not. They might have some players out injured and they could maybe do a number on us. But like I think I think they can get good results from each of those games. I know they're I know they're away ones, but I think I just I just think like five points and good. Do a little bit better than that. Surely. I'm with you. I'm seven. I'm seven. I think, I think seven is a magic seven. number. Yeah. yeah, you take seven. We're sitting on 32 points, and then you go into playing Liverpool this weekend on 32. It's suddenly a little bit. That's a very, very mm. different proposition. But if we if we were to get nine, then we would only be three points behind Chelsea. And then the title charges on, mm. and then it's just. <laughs> It's Tony Conte's revenge. Absolutely <laughs> juicy. Should we go on to this weekend then? What, Sean? What have you heard so far? What's the What's the juice on on possible team and and squad news? Um, Conte said the Regulon will be back in full training tomorrow. Um, so that's big positive. Um, I can't remember if he talked about wh- how many players got COVID before or after the embargo section. So I'll leave that off to be safe. <laughs> um. <laughs> Get yourself a bollock in, Sean. <laughs> he's he's going to send for you this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, the problem it will be that whatever team we do put out, you can probably assume that some of them have had COVID, yep. might still be feeling the effects, and then obviously haven't played a game in two weeks, might be lacking a bit of sharpness. It it'll be really interesting just to kind of see how we deal with Liverpool's press in that sense. And by interesting, I do mean terrifying yeah what do you do you think we set up exactly the same but just deep? yeah i think i think this i think it's this play the same system play a little bit deeper maybe the wing backs turn more into the back five than a back three and then maybe you know son and lucas that's the kind did of play you, more like touching on wingers did you see the uh kind of predicted team that dan kilpatrick of this parish put out uh for the game against leicester if you wanted me to read it, it should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I did not. <laughs> but it, it essentially had, I think, Winks and Endombele as a two, um, which would have been a fascinating mm. watch. But I can't imagine mm. that would be the case this time around. <laughs> that makes me feel a bit nervous. I can't imagine. I don't. I think just looking through, I've got no intel, Jude, but looking through this, it doesn't look like Hoybier is one we need to worry about here. So I'd assume that he'd be a, a sure thing. Uh, mm. Premier Injuries has got um, Ollie Skip as one that was was out through COVID. But again, we don't know whether that's the case or not. Um, equally, you'd hope, wouldn't you, that if, if Hoybier is there, there's at least some steel in the midfield and something to sit in front. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's it's odd. In thinking if he's going to slot in next to him, because what is there? There's maybe Harry Winks if he's available, and that's not that's not steel. That's sort of like try and keep the ball and keep it moving. But against a team like Liverpool, when they turn over possession so quickly, he can just be bypassed. So that's tough. And then maybe like I don't even know where Lacelso is fitness wise. Like it's been so long, and I don't think he was involved against Norwich at all. Um, doesn't seem to be a particular favourite of Conte anyway, so that's a bit of a tough one. I mean, hopefully it is it's Skip and Hoybier again, but it's it's tough because we don't really know at this stage. It's it's all up in the air. Bloody medical confidentiality, eh? Yeah, what are the chances? <laughs> of bollocks. It, I think possibly going back to what we said about the Newcastle game earlier on, 
the hope is that we can soak up a lot of it and um and break on the counter-attack and just defensively perhaps they're not quite as sharp with Mata Kunkanate. Yeah, I mean, they've also played a lot of games recently. So I know we haven't played all that much, but fatigue might start to to set in with that lot. I mean, I know they are a very, very fit team and they live to to press and to, to swallow teams whole, but maybe there could be a little bit of tiredness creeping in there. Maybe it's just about hanging in the game. Like, do you remember when we played Liverpool home in January 2020? I think that was... A- a couple of weeks after they just come back from the Club World Cup and they looked tired. They kind of overran us in the first half, but in the second half, we had some really good chances to get back in that game. We just lacking that bit of quality up front. So maybe it is like that. Maybe we just need to, if we're 1-0 down in the 70th minute, maybe that's not a horrendous thing. Maybe that's where we can kind of grow into the game. We're a bit more, we're fitter now. We've grown into that and they're a bit tired. Should we go on and just kind of see if we can actually predict what the team might be? I know it's very difficult to do. <laughs> what do you reckon? Well, Hugo is an easy start. Yeah, right, yeah. I think, yeah, defence will be pretty similar. And it'll probably be Davis, Dyer and Sanchez as that three. Oh, I get to put off Ben Davis this weekend. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Emerson was, he was, he was ill the Norwich game as yeah, well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So Jaffa, yeah. maybe this is a game, maybe this is a game that Tanganga really kind of thrives in, isn't it? Like, well, yeah, he so, played. You're so, in, you're so good against City. Yeah, he played the in the one against Liverpool in January yeah, 2020. Yeah. Remember, because yeah. he was fast. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> one interview. Oh. Phenomenal stuff. <laughs> um, so maybe Jaffa, maybe Emerson. On the flip, no, no regular. I mean, Cess. Do we think Cess will be fit? I think. Uh, I think he should be. I'm fit. all in on Sesson on season. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm. Yeah, I'm I, I, I think Regan will be on the bench at, at least. I think I don't think Conte says what he says today if he doesn't think Regan will be in the squad. In some capacity, mm. I I, yeah. I loved watching Sesson in, in a wing back role for Fulham. I I, mm. I really really believe that this is his best position. It takes the onus off him defending. He doesn't have to be consistently kind of like squaring up to the, to attackers going back towards his own goal. I, I think he's a front foot player and he wants to be given that license because you can see in this formation, the wingbacks, they have to work hard, but they, they get away with a lot in terms of the defensive side. They, they're not asked to engage, are they? They're asked to kind of just get themselves in the way and then bomb forward. You know, they're sort of, I feel like this could really, really suit Sessignon. So potentially him, we said Hoy Bier as a DM and then it'll be plus one. Who would you have as his plus one? Probably have to, you probably would have to go with Winks if, if Skip's not available. Just the kind of safest option. Yeah, and he has actually played, hasn't he, recently? Yeah. And again, and look, and Dominic's not the fittest at best of times. So I do hope it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to trust game that. time here, though. In terms of press resistance, I think I do. I think if we're one down with twenty minutes to go, that's the kind of move that you make to try and move the needle in terms of the approach to the game. Where are you guys sitting on end on belly at the moment? Is there any change for you? <sighs> Be nice to see him get more opportunities, but at the same time, I trust Conte's kind of ideals with what he wants with his midfielders, and I don't know what. And Dominic can bring to that. Like it might have to be something that comes from within. 
Yeah, and especially when you start winning games with a particular mm. pairing yeah. in midfield, it's tough to really go back and say, well, should we bring Ndombele into it now or bring Lo into it now when they haven't really impressed that much this season. So, um, yeah, hopefully they do get some more chances, but at the moment, starting-wise, it's not not one for me, I don't think. Slightly more broad philosophical point. When uh, Jose Mourinho was in charge, I could always understand if players struggled with Mourinho because his whole thing was go and do your own sort of, you make it happen. And if you do, I'll put you in the team. And if you don't make it happen, I'll absolutely slaughter you probably in front of the media <laughs> and and also behind closed doors as, as well by, by whatever has come out since in various different, from various different sources. The difference with Conte is that I feel like Conte does do the hard work. So he's almost saying, like, if you want, you can come with me on this. Mm. And if you do come with me, you'll get your chance. I'm not leaving you to do it on your own and just try and work it out for yourself. I'm giving you the game plan. I'm giving you the structure. And you have to find a way that you can fit into what I'm trying to do. So if it doesn't work for, for Tangi in that, when someone's sort of saying, look, here's all the pieces of the puzzle, you've got to work out where you, you fit in, then it's harder to make a, a case, right? Because this is much more, there's just feels like there's so much more clarity around what Conte is trying to do. Yeah. And, and enough time has passed now where this isn't Ndombele's first season being the kind of record signing from Leon. This is, it's your third year here now. So, is this his third season? Yeah. It's his third season. Yeah. So, you, you know, we've got to have something. We've got to give something to play with here. Yeah. I, was like, no, I mean, he is, he's a, he's a, he is a great player. It's just, it's not really working for whatever reason mm. and F- fingers crossed yeah as ever still love him he's still like one of my favorite ever spurs players to watch when he's on when he's on he's an absolute joy um okay so uh let's go into the front line three forwards please same again if all fit lucas kane son yeah no reason to disrupt that fingers crossed that's that's the case as well <laughs> They're all fit. Um, okay, last question. How does this one play out, guys? Mm, I, think, I think Liverpool will win. I think they might. <laughs> Ever the optimists. I don't know. I, when they have, they have a player like Mo Salah, who is just maybe the best player in the world right now, it's, it's, and he's scoring goals at a ridiculous rate. Um, yeah, I can see a scoring, but I think maybe 2-3-1 Liverpool. I'm, I'm envious of that because Harry was that. Yeah. 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 Harry was that player. And, and it's not to say he won't be again, but he just isn't at the moment. Mm. And it's frustrating because you're like, God, you can see how desperate he is for the goals, but he just is not, for whatever reason, it's just not happening for him. You never know. Maybe this is the weekend where it, where it clicks. I've yeah. said that for the last three games. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's had some time he's had some downtime a little bit of a breather same for you Shawnee yeah narrow Liverpool win I think it, you know if if we get smashed and I'm hoping we don't get smashed um, it would at least we'd kind of do have the excuse of we have, haven't played so long we've been absolutely decimated by COVID and Liverpool are just really really good so I'm going to try it's, it's not going to be like an angry kind of loss I think it'll just be kind of just sad because of just how the world is that's not it's not. It's, it probably won't be a reflection of anything tactically or on the 
teams or individuals? I am really, really hopeful for this one. Um, like, as in hopeful that it goes well, as opposed to like hopeful that we're going to win just more than anything, given everything what's happened to us. Mm. Uh, I'm hopeful that we just pull together a team and that the team shows a lot of character and grit. A draw is a positive result. In fact, it's a really, sure. really good yeah. result. Really good. Really good. If, um, if we even played through the last three games and COVID wasn't a thing, that would have been a huge result. If you get it now, then that's like mentally, that's, that'd be like a win. Do you know what I'd love to see in this game that is aside from the result? I would love to see this side, having not played for three games, be able to slot straight back into the system that they used before and everyone show that they clearly understand what the intention is. If Liverpool yeah. are too good for us on the day, Liverpool are too good for us on the day, they're too good for most sides on the day and that goes for everyone in the world they'd be too good for. But if Spurs can set up with the, the 3 4 2 one and everyone still look like they haven't missed a beat in terms of what they were learning structurally, then I think that stands us in really good stead for the game against West Ham. Should we get through that onto the League Cup semi-finals? Game against Palace on Boxing Day, hopefully with a little bit of respite there. And then also, as well as that, we've got, a, we've got an FA Cup game coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I'd love to go deep into the FA Cup. I, I think this is a team that really could do something in, in that competition as well. Or in the League Cup, you never know. If the draw's good in the League Cup, we beat West Ham and the draw's good. Big North London derby against Arsenal, I think over two oh, legs. We can, God, we can do them. No, what, would, you rather, would you rather have <laughs> no, <I'm>... Liverpool? <laughs> I probably would. <laughs> you just don't want the nerves. No, yeah, I don't want to live with that. Well, look, we can leave, <laughs> leave in peace. for today. It was so nice to talk Spurs again. And fingers crossed, we can do one next week and talk about a game that happened. Hmm. I, a I'm, game that happened would be great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just watching Spurs play football would be so nice. Um, have a wonderful weekend, gents. Jude, will I see you at the game or are you up down in Brighton? No, I'll be watching it from the comfort of my sofa with my mask on. <laughs> at your own home. Uh, and and Shawnee, I will wave at you from a distance. I can see you. <laughs> you, you can, can see, see me. <laughs> Superb stuff. Make sure you subscribe to the pod. If you haven't already, check out all of us on social. Our handles are in the description. And fingers crossed, we'll be back next time to talk about an actual game. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.